Before we started the podcast, we wanted to share an offer with our listeners from American Express. Get your Platinum Edge credit card with 10,000 bonus points or your Qantas Ultimate card with 65,000 bonus points. The links are in the show notes. T's and C's apply. Now let's start the pod. Yes, coming in hot with episode 56 of the Football Played on Paper podcast. I'm Sean and I'm joined by Jobber. How's it going? And Sam, how are you, mate? Yeah, good, mate. Good, thank you. Um, so, Sam, do we want to start with uh, why you were late to the pod? <laughs> uh, I'll just give you a quick rundown. Uh, obviously, preparing vigorously for a big show, looking really good. Uh, computer decided to track it on me and I've uh, lost all my notes. So all those great insights that were regularly brought up on the blogs midweek uh, <laughs> will be very lackluster tonight, unfortunately, ladies and gentlemen. So sorry about that one. Leaving yourself open for the for the haters and trolls, as you call yeah. them, to come back. So. Yeah. <laughs> all right, flavor of the pod, we've got some weekly happenings, a fair bit going on. And, um, and then we've got an opening question, EPL review, Champions League preview and the Europa League preview. I think we've even got a, uh, a new multi coming in, um, but full running order here. So, Jobber, let's hit us, mate. Yeah, there's, happening? A, there's a bit of a Joe Rogan feel about the start of the show, wasn't there, with that ad? Oh, I really enjoyed that. Um, can't believe how many points you'll get. Um, but look, the big news of the weekend and one that really disrupted my sleep patterns was Manchester United fans storming Old Trafford. Are you boys across this? Yeah, no, I saw this. Um, I I didn't mind this actually. I thought the statement from Manchester United was interesting, um, but I think I'm probably siding with the fans slightly here. So, uh, like, I don't want to misquote the Man United statement, but it sort of said something to the effect of you've got all these other other channels to um, protest by. Why do this one? Um, and I think the fans are sort of saying, well, we, we've done all those other things um, and nothing really gets hurt. So the only way that, you know, we really get hurt is to do something more extreme like this. So, yeah, I thought they got their message across. What, what did you think? Um, yeah, so it was, it was really interesting for me because I got up at 1 o'clock in the morning and I was watching it and I had to listen to Michael Owen talk about what a player eats before the game. Um, as they tried to get the game back on. They said it'd be 2.30 in the morning, which is, I think, 6 p.m. UK time. Just didn't happen. I, I don't mind it. Like, it was peaceful. It was, like, it, it, I feel like it's good in a sense that it, like, it sort of hits the owner's pockets a bit. Like, if you want to make the statement, the best way to make the statement is to actually sort of make a financial impact. And by calling this game off, like, you know, Sky's going to want their money back and all that. But I, I'm a bit confused as to what they want because, like, they obviously want the owners to sell but then whoever comes in has to buy a club for $3 billion and then they also want someone who's going to invest in the team as well. So you're already down $3 billion, and then you've got to find another however much to to like get players on board as well. Yeah, and not take a dividend. They hate it when um, the owners take money out of the club. So yeah, so, so no like dividends. Whoever, whoever comes in yeah. paying $3 billion and you're basically given a license to not make money. Um, I, I agree with in principle. Like, I absolutely do. And I'm like, yep, I don't really like this Americanization of football um, and the owners. I'm like, yep, I agree with the in principle. But at the same time, like, what's what's the outcome we're driving here? I'm not really sure. Um, do what think, do you think, Sam? Do you think the guy who picked up the tripod and threw it into the crowd was uh, a peaceful <laughs> protester? 
I'm, uh, I'm not sure. I thought nah. I saw him at the White House. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe no, that's there's always we... one though. There's always one to be crowded. Like <laughs> you, you, you can't judge everyone else like that. Did you see the boat <laughs> fall off the net? Yeah, it was hilarious. It <laughs> oh, was hilarious. Go on, Sam. Sorry. No, I believe that's why we uh, didn't get to record a pod on the weekend, right? Because you quickly flew over to Manchester. Yeah, I was. You got the Concord red eye back. Um, <laughs> but no, it was. Um, it was. I watched some of the footage. It was. It was pretty intense. A fair bit of it, and I couldn't believe it was a really big turnout. Like uh, it had fan protests before, obviously, but I was pretty impressed with the turnout. Um, but yeah, it's. It's like you said, it was fairly peaceful. There wasn't much going. A few like flares, not even flares, I think they were just smokes, like coloured smokes thrown around and nothing too vicious going on. But I think it's just going to end up being if this is sort of one of the only things that happens, they sort of protest and then they're waiting for a response. Nothing. I think the owners are just going to try and wait them out. I don't I don't think they're, they're too worried about it. They're, and they're probably just absolutely banking on crowds coming back into the ground soon enough to distract people. Um, and then they're going to um, hope that comes back in They'll distract everyone, and then they'll just wait it out, and and uh, for everyone to forget well, about it. Basically, Joel Glaze is what three thousand miles away in in New York, I think. Yeah, Florida, like, I think. Yeah, he doesn't really care. Same with same with Trump at Arsenal. Like he doesn't really care. They can protest as much as they want. Joel, what did you think of um, Suness's comments about? Um, How <sighs> uh, <laughs> come we're only hearing about you wanting to the owners to sell the club now? Where was all this noise before? <laughs> He is absolutely tone deaf. This is the same man that had the, um, I think he had the Galatasaray flag in the middle of the Fernabache pitch. Um, yeah. Like he's he's so past his best mentally. Like he's just yeah. so full of shit now. He just has like he just contradicts himself week to week, and it really annoys me because he was like an outstanding footballer, but he's just he's so annoying. You weren't making all that noise when you were winning trophies. Was his line? Yeah. Well, I don't think they're in the club either. Green and gold until the club gets sold or something like that. Was oh, running around like that was like David Beckham days. Yeah. Grow up, Graham. All right, let's move on. Look, so the other big news of the weekend was um, not from the Premier League was Inter winning the Serie A. So just to put this in perspective, I believe Juventus have won the last nine, is it or seven? Yeah, they were going for ten in a row. I believe going for ten in a row. And Barney, when Conte left the Premier League, you said he was done. Yeah, I I don't remember saying saying that ever. Um, you Definitely said that he's fallen off more than his hairline had. <laughs> <laughs> that fell off years ago. It's a, pretty, it's a pretty big achievement in the in the scheme of things, isn't it? Considering Juve brought in Ronaldo to win the Champions League and now they've finally been pipped for the league. Well, especially when Conte's sort of known as a uh, a manager who gets all his best work done in when he first gets signed. He sort of has a really good record in those first few seasons and he really drops off. Um, yeah, so... It was surprising that he – and they sort of had a bit of a run last year, then dropped off, and then it was sort of – it all ended a bit poorly. He was obviously chirping off a lot in the off-season, wanting more signings and all that good stuff. And then – so I was surprised to see them put a run together towards the end of the season like this and actually win it. I mean, it helped that Juventus are in a bit of a bad way, but but still, it's a pretty impressive win. And, Sean, you called them the Manchester United Reserves for a long period there, um, and now they've won the Serie A. Ashley Young is a Serie A – Champion. Alexis Sanchez, Serie A champion. Romelu Lukaku, Serie A champion. I, yeah, Ashley Young's really starting to pull together a, um, a hell of a resume, isn't he? Like, you look at some of the trophies he's won. Um, yeah, I think you should not disrespect him in the way that you have been, actually. Um, 
No, well, I do, I do call them the uh, the Premier League rejects, but I mean, to be honest, the Serie A is not that strong at the moment. I think you think you got the Juve, the weakest they've they've been in a long time. Um, so yeah, I think now's a, a good chance. But yeah, no, fair play to um, Inter. They they played some good stuff, went some distance in the Europa, um, and yeah, here they are. Yeah. Champions. So um, no, congratulations. So last one. Have you seen the League One action on the weekend? Monaco. Versus Lyon, there was five red cards, five. So there was um, two red cards in the game, and an additional three after a 96-minute brawl went for 20 minutes of the brawl. That's a long time for a brawl, isn't it? (laughs) Normally brawls are lasting like a minute or two, 20 minutes. Imagine how tired you'd be. (laughs) 20 minutes of fighting, Um, buddy. Yours are normally less than two minutes. Uh, all right, look, let's move on. So I've got an opening question for the week, boys. So I know a um, bit of a hero of yours, Sam. Gareth Bale bagged a hat-trick against a hapless self, a Sheffield United. What's next for the great man? I'll go to you, Sam. Well, there's been a lot of talk about what he's going to do recently and everyone's absolutely analysing everything he says uh, for Wales or for Tottenham. Um, I think what's most likely to happen is he'll probably end up going back to Real Madrid if Sedan's there, he'll probably end up sitting on the bench for a year and then probably get sold to, I know, a, 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 uh, probably not a China Chinese club because they're all broke now, but maybe an Indian Super League team or something like that because they're the ones that can afford him. But I don't, I don't see him staying at Tottenham as much as I'd sort of love to see him stay in some of the form he's been in recently. It would be great to, uh, to see him stay. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't think he's, he's going to be – his time's much longer at Tottenham. What do you reckon, Sean? Um, well, I read a quote the other day from Gareth that said, uh, I wanted to go to the Euros match fit. The original plan was to do a season at Spurs and then after the Euros, head back to Madrid for my last year there. My plan was to go back. That's as far as I planned. So, yeah, it does seem like he's going to go back to Real Madrid. I think he might be swayed or sort of impacted by what Harry and therefore Son would do as well. So I think, yeah, after Harry clears his future up a little bit, I think that'll impact what Bale does or if he comes back or if he tries to, you know, get the loan extended for another season. But I think at this stage you'd probably end up back in Madrid on the bench. What do you think? I hope he stays. I just I love, hope he stays like, I, I, I know he's been a bit up and down this season, but I just love seeing him play. Like just all but those I things today, like it's just so good to see. His finishing today was unbelievable, but I think yeah. – they're all the good things um, he can do, and I just think getting his body fit and playing again is just going to take time. So, yeah, I appreciate what you're saying. How he, it was a stop-start, um, you know, move for him at the moment. But I think now that he's in the team, he'll get more minutes under his belt. He's just got one game a week really to focus on, rather than you know midweek fixtures and coming off the bench and stuff like that. I think that'll do his body wonders. And once his body's fit, like we can know what he can do. So, yeah, I think he'll have a good run at it if he can stay. All right, boys, let's get into it. So we start with the uh, bit of a ball draw, but there's a bit going on as well. So Southampton won, Leicester City won. Sean, what did you make of this one? Fox is just really dwindling towards the end of the season, aren't they? Yeah, well, uh, their form has been a bit, you know, start-stop. Um, you know, some losses in there in the last five fixtures. They got um, obviously this draw and they won the last two. So, yeah, it is a bit up and down. I see what you're saying. But, well, I mean, when the team come out, they look strong. Leicester, they started with uh, three at the back. 
then when Vestergaard got that red card, which was a red card, by the way, um, <laughs> I thought, yeah, here we go. We're on here. And so the last time Leicester played Southampton on a Friday night and a Southampton player got sent off early, Leicester went on to win 9-0. But, um, so that's what I was hoping for. But, yeah, it didn't really pan out like that. Southampton just sort of dug in and, and defended well, worked pretty hard and and got the break really with that uh, Inacho handball. What do we? How do we feel about the Inacho handball when he's sort of coming out, um, arms flailing, and the ball gets blasted into him? Handball yeah. or yeah. Yeah. that's 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 handball. Um, I want to go back to what you said before about Vestergaard. What's yeah. going, what do you think's going through Raf Halsenhutel's head? Oh, <laughs> not, not a lot of good. Vestergaard's heading for the change rooms. <laughs> He's, he's thinking, I survived the 9-0 against Leicester. I survived the 9-0 against, was it Manchester United beat him? Uh, yeah, 9-1. Yeah, 10-1 he goes. And now we're, you know, Friday night again, 10 men down in 10 minutes. I think he's looking going, I'm not sure if I'm good enough to survive three. <laughs> Do you think his pregame speech, like, would make you want to run through a wall? Because I don't think I've seen a team that had has had that many early red cards, like dangerously early. Yeah, I, th- I think uh, we touched on this a couple of episodes ago where it just doesn't matter what you sort of say at the start. You just like stay tight, don't lose the game early, those type of things you'd be saying. I think we said that about um, Chef United. And yeah. then, yeah, 10 minutes in, just a horrendous decision. Um, and you go down to 10 men and you just think, geez, we're up against it here for the rest of the game. Yeah, to credit to them though, they dug in and they worked really hard, I think, yeah. To be fair, um, they, they do they do call him the uh, Austrian Klopp, so he's probably a pretty intense character. Yeah. So I imagine <laughs> his, his pregame talks will be pretty pretty full on. Yeah, Maybe that's why they're so wound up. And Brendy Brendy was fairly disappointed with the boys, um, and James Madison yeah. looked fairly frustrated as well, didn't he? Yeah, he did. But I think he's just coming back, and I think he he had some you know bits and pieces where he looked sharp, and and you could tell that um, he was going to be the one to to break them apart if that was going to be the case, but. Um, I think it was positive from Brendy that he went. He started with three at the back, and then when they went down to ten men, he made that change at halftime, and we went to um, just yeah two at the back essentially, and pushed our our wing backs on. All Brighton came on, so yeah, I thought that was positive. He said they moved the ball too slow, which I, I probably agree with. Um, but there you go, that man again, Johnny Evans, huh? Two <laughs> games, two headers. What a flyer. What a bloody flyer. All right, so Leicester City stay third, but um, Chelsea are breathing down their necks, and Southampton continue with their nothing season. They stay 15th, probably safe, not much happening there. Could they get a 10-0 before the end of the season? You'd hope so. Um, what are we thinking? So we've got four games left for Leicester. For them to stay in third, how many points do they need from the last four games are we thinking? Nine. Stay in third. Oof. You think they need to win three out of the last four? Yeah, no, yeah, that's I reckon, not a bad I, reckon, I think I think Chelsea might have to play Manchester United. Um, Leicester play Chelsea and Spurs in that in that closing week. So I mean, that'll really separate who's who. Chelsea, Chelsea have got Manchester City, Arsenal, Leicester, and Villa. Geez, that's tough. It's a tough that's run. a tough one. So Chelsea, yeah. Man City, I think they'll lose. Um, Arsenal, they'll win. Leicester, is, that's what it's going to come down to, isn't it? Because Aston, be, Aston Villa will be at the beach. I can't wait for Jack Grealish's Instagram. Leicester play Chelsea twice that week. Um, once in the Prem and then we play them in the FA Cup final. So um, I'm not sure which game you'd rather win. <laughs> 
to be honest. Yeah, the, the Premier League ones. Oh, the Premier League. But that, if, if they beat them in the Premier League, that's the locked in. Doesn't that so qualify big. you for the Champions League anyway, the FA Cup final win? No. God, no. Doesn't it? No. I thought it did. All right, look, uh, let's yeah. move on. So Crystal Palace 2, uh, sorry, Crystal Palace nil, oh. City 2. Barney, have you ever been more confident of how a result was going to end up for a game? I don't think there was ever a chance that Palace uh, were, in, were going to win this game. I mean, I thought it was going to be a absolute shellacking from, from City because, I mean, as we've mentioned on this pod before, Palace uh, don't have really anything to play for and they really tail off at the end of seasons. Um, but no, this is officially the start of the Aguero swan song. Uh, it has yeah. officially begun. He's got his goal. He's got his oh. goal. So now we can start the celebrations. Man City will win the league uh, depending on when this when this next game happens. And then it's just all about Aguero for the rest of the season. He'll score a hat-trick in his last game. You heard it here first. Um, Sam, so I was listening to – I was actually watching this game and the comment, like, Aguero scores and the commentator's like, oh, it's amazing. Sergio Aguero's <laughs> first goal at Selhurst Park in his last Manchester City game. And I was like, no, no one gives a shit. Like, especially not Aguero. He's not like, Pep, I did it. I was going to sell those park against the Crystal Palace team that's got nothing to play for again. <laughs> Completely on the bench. It just goes to show the depth of um, City at the moment. So they changed their back four. So they bring in um, Ake, who's a big signing from Bournemouth, and they spent, what, $40 million on. Um, yeah. Laporte comes in. Um, World Cup winner Benjamin Mendy comes in at left back. And they move Cancelo from left back over to right back. So, uh, yeah, it just feels though like that they've shuffled their pack here, um, looking after the Champions League fixture that's on its way. And you, and you, as you say, you can play Aguero in this fixture because he's not going to play um, in the Champions League. And you get it; he gets the fills his boots for the last couple of games. Bit of a swan song, and you cruise to the league. So the, Raheem the Sterling's finishing. Yeah, so, hang on. So the defence that they were they're intending to play midweek is valued at 160 million. So that's Zinchenko, mm-hmm. Diaz, Stones, and um, who am I missing? Kyle Walker. So the one yep, they Kyle brought they, the defence, the back four they brought in was worth 200 million. <laughs> yeah, Just, I think they might play Cancelo over Zinchenko, but we'll see. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. How much is Zinchenko worth in that uh, in that back line as well? About ten million of that. Yeah, I think it's like one point five or something. Oh god! Um, but no, look, Sterling's finishing. Sterling's finishing. <laughs> I think oh. if you were, if it was another club that was a lot better than Palace, it might have been a problem. But Sterling's he's on the back burner here, isn't he? Like for the Euros and for City, like Phil Foden's usurped him in every possible way. I think so, but would you play Phil and Raheem? Oh, like either side of Harry? That that's what I'm thinking would. Would probably happen, um, but yeah, he's definitely on the outer at City. He's not in their their first team. Um, you normally get um, Phil Foden playing and and Mares on the other side, which is probably how they start uh, midweek. Yeah, but no, look, his, his finishing was dreadful. But I really was not even slightly concerned. He could have missed another forty shots, and City still <laughs> won that game. It was just so one sided. Um, and like Wolf Zaha normally gets you a little bit excited against teams. He just didn't stand a chance against City. It was just yeah, easy looked okay. It looked a bit lively, but um, yeah, I think uh, they're on the beach 
Oh, yeah. boys. Big time. All right, so let's move on. So Manchester City stay first, um, open up a 13-point gap over Manchester United. I wonder if the league might be done. Um, and Crystal Palace, they are on 38 points. They look safe, and their form is really deteriorating. So let's move on. Brighton 2, Leeds 0. Brighton safe now, boys? Definitely. Brighton yeah, Brighton is safe for me. That was a huge win, I think. I think it was a little bit unexpected. I'm not sure how many of us um, tipped that last week, actually. Um, big win for Brighton. I think they're officially safe um, and good to see Welbs on the score sheet. I know he scored the second goal and I'm jumping ahead, but how about that first touch? Oh, the yeah. Over the shoulder, jump back. That was nice. <laughs> No one's ever doubted his quality. I don't think Welbeck. I even I think people I think people like generally like him too because he's what holds him up then? His injuries, I think, is a big injuries, factor for him, yeah. right? Yeah, always injured. Always, always injured. injured. Um, but did you see the opening penalty there from Alioski? Good bit of defending. Uh, <laughs> yanking at Welbeck's ankles. Was he was he yanking yeah. out of that much though? I didn't think. I thought it was fairly like. Like it wasn't much in it. Like it probably was a pen, but it wasn't much in it. I think well, in a, I think a football pitch, you're probably not expecting it. If you'd been sort of 30 k's down the road playing rugby league, Barney, I think it'd be fine. But <laughs> I oh, think it, it, may, it looks worse because he had like four goes at him. So he tried to kick yeah. him the first time, and then he sort of couldn't get there. So then he fell down, and once he fell down, then he sort of like laid on the back of his legs. Like it's because he had a few goes at it that it looked worse. Um, but yeah, no, a, a definitely pen and uh, Pasco. Cross um, was had a nice finish too. Yeah, good yeah pen. no, it was, was a good pen. Um, but did, yeah, Leeds were pretty flat, I thought. Barney, what did you think? Yeah, I agree. I agree. I thought it might be a pretty exciting game because, you know, two teams who like to hold the ball and actually use it well. Um, Brighton missed 17 chances again, like they do every week. Um, so their finishing hasn't improved, but at least they got two goals and actually scored. Um, but did you see Bielsa crack it after that second goal? It yeah. was it was hilarious. It was he, he was, he was, wha- he was whacking chairs. He was like yelling at himself, and then but he was. I think the funniest part of it is that because he's so old, he did it at such a slow pace. <laughs> oh, yeah. So so he's like hitting chairs and stuff, but it's all happening at about half speed. Like not 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 a proper crack, but it was uh, it was quite entertaining. I thought. Have you seen the Alex Ferguson deterioration over his years when he like he's a young manager comes through and he sprints off the bench and then when he's like a seventy year old man you see yeah, him like he, get he up that, you know you know he does that two hand thing? He does yeah. like put two hands and like yeah, shakes yeah. his hand like an old man where someone's walking on his lawn or something. <laughs> get the zimmer frame out. <laughs> All right, so Brighton up to fourteenth. Big move for Brighton on the weekend, up to thirty seven points. Leeds United disappointingly um, stay eleventh on forty seven points. Points that little hope of Europe probably gone now for Leeds with that slip up. Um, let's move on to Chelsea to Fulham nil, London derby, the Scott Parker derby, but Fulham just couldn't get up for it, could they, Sean? Yeah, I thought for Fulham looked off the pace um, in this one, right, right from the start, really. Um, like Chelsea really dominated the ball, um, and like most of the chances too early. Um, like I know Fulham got a sort of foothold in the game after the two goals really, but it's just all too little too late then. Um, I was impressed with uh, Havertz um, as well. I thought he did did really well. And Timo Werner, I know his finishing's off, but gee, he's got a couple of assists here as well. 
I was going to say, what do you what do you think about him and Havertz up front? I was, yeah, like you say, very impressed with uh, those two up front. And yeah, Werner looks a lot better when he's like when he's playing it through half the time to someone else. Like when he's the focal point and he's got to make the runs, he looks average at best, and because all the pressure's on him. But when he's up there with someone else, he really helps him out. And like I noticed on the on the Champions League game last week, he was making these terrible like terrible runs where Kante would be running through the middle and then he would run into Kante's path and then Kante just has nowhere to play it and he just plays it into yeah. the defender and they lose it. But when he's got habits up there with him, I think he it just links a bit better for him and play one, two and go or something like that. I, I don't know what it is about habits, but I think he um, seems to work much better with uh, Timo rather than like Timo playing on his own with um, like Pul- Pulisic uh, one side or anything like that. Um, or, you know, any type of um, stuff I've seen with uh, Tammy Abraham or Giroud up there together as a two. So, mm. yeah, like I know that they played Werner through the middle, um, yeah, with uh, Pulisic on one side or, say, um, Ziyech on, on the other. But, yeah, I think as a two, he looks much more comfortable. And I think they work well together because Havertz finishing is like much better, but his interplay is not as good as Timo. He doesn't seem to be as involved um, as Timo, um, where his finishing seems to be much better, so I think that that worked a lot better. I think I think if that um, if they me. persist with that partnership, I think you'll see those roles reverse. Because um, mm. habit, habits at Leverkusen, as he established himself, he was like the man, and he was the playmaker. He was everything. Um, yeah, essentially he's a bit gun shy now because it's been like it's a different league, and he's adapting. But like he does look, he's only twenty one. Like it's kind but of that, that. That's my memory of him that he played a little bit deeper. Um, when he was back in the Bundesliga. And then I think that's where he it sort of started for Chelsea when um, when Frank had him. Frank had him a little bit deeper. Mm. Yeah, but um, yeah, now now we've got uh, Tommy Tuchel there. He seems to be playing much higher um, yeah. up the field, which I thought was a bit shocking. How about that uh, first touch from Mason Mount on that, that first goal? Yeah, like, my God, God, that, sort was, of form, isn't he? that was yeah. unreal. And then just like pulls it back and just looks up and plays a – Perfectly weighted through ball to Habits as well. That was unreal. He would definitely start for England. I think. Oh, the yeah. big difference between um, Frank Lampard and Thomas Tuchel in this respect is like Thomas Tuchel is like actually playing him. Frank Lampard talked about playing all the kids, but as soon as things started going wrong, like Mason Mount, he's like, oh, no, that's not going to work. Like you're out of here. Like he, he seems to have a new lease of life under Tuchel. I see what you're saying, but I mean, I think Mason played most of the time. He normally pulled everyone, everyone else back from that. To nice to see. Sorry, Sam. Nice to see a uh, little um, Billy Gilmore get a get a shirt. Hey, um, I thought he did really well. I think he come in at a, at a was it a when they played Arsenal and he played really really well. Um, I did notice that he was a touch off the pace here. There was one instance where Thiago Silva rolled it into him, and he and he lost the ball and. Uh, and copped a spray from uh, Tiago for turning over in a bit of a dangerous area. But nice to see young Billy get yeah, a shirt. He's getting ready for the Euros, Philly, isn't he? Him and Scott McTominay. What a work for life midfield. Hey, Scotland, Scotland could win it this year. All right, look, let's move on. So Chelsea, absolutely dominant. Everyone's happy with that. Um, I think Fulham, yeah, it's pretty much done for Fulham now. Scott Parker and Co. <laughs> are going down. And hey, Chelsea- actually, 
Scott oh. read out his uh, fixture list and said that if he wins all four, there are a chance. So <laughs> yeah, I heard that. <laughs> He's won five in the previous thirty-four. Just for context. Yeah. Um, so look, yeah, no, they're they're pretty much done. So Chelsea up to fourth, just two points behind Leicester City, and um, I think Ooh, they. I think they might have a superior – no, they have the same goal difference. So this could be really exciting. And they have to play each other twice, as you said. So let's move on. Everton 1, Aston Villa 2. Anything exciting in this one for you, Sean? Oh, just Everton's <laughs> rubbish home form continues. I know. How are they so bad at home? They've got like the worst home record in the Prem. Do you want to know what they are? On the, do you want to know what, where they are on the home and away table? Yeah, yeah. go on. So on, in, on the home table, they're 15th. 17 played, <laughs> five wins, four draws, eight losses, and a negative four goal difference. And on the away oh. table, they're, they're fourth. Fourth. Oh, so that would be so frustrating. But does yeah. that just, does that, like, I don't know, is that an indication as to how important the fans are for them? Like, so they were bad at home last season, I'm pretty sure, as well, even with, when they had some fans. Or was, when did, did Carlo come in? He came in before COVID, right? I think it was. Uh, yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. So I, I'm pretty sure even, since Carlo's taken over, they've been pretty bad at home, from what I can remember. Yeah, I, I didn't really like the um, substitutions from Carlo either. Uh, like when they were um, when they were down, or when they were sorry level, um, he brought off um, Andre Gomez and put on um, Fabian Delp, hmm. and I just thought that was a bit negative. And then shortly after that, my boy. Al Ghazi um, pops up with the with the winner to split them. So I thought these substitutions were a bit negative too. It's weird. I don't know if they've sort of gone to the beach already, but they, like they had something to play for. They could have finished top four like three weeks ago if they'd sort of got mm. there. They're just so unpredictable. They just continue to disappoint. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I, I think Mason Holgate should be um, <laughs> really like buying buying Ollie Watkins a real nice gift for not going down. After he lost the ball poorly, mm. then puts in a potentially red card tackle and Watkins <laughs> stays on his feet, finishes really well. But my God, he almost did had two massive howlers in a, in a row there. Wow. Do you think Ollie Watkins and Calvert Lewin are both on the plane? No, I don't think both of them are on the plane. I think you can only take one. Oh, so they're going head to head, you reckon? I think so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who would you take? Dominic. Because it gives you something different. Um, I think if you're chasing a goal, I don't think either of them are going to start either way. So I think you take Calvert-Lewin because uh, he'll give you something different. Barney, what do you think? I was I was actually thinking Watkins could, for I'm the exact same Watkins, reason that he, yeah. that, he gives you, that he gives you something different like compared to Harry Kane. Because if, you like, if you're something off Kane for Dominic Calvert-Lewin, like they're fairly like similar, like good, both good in the air, like pretty good with their feet and that. But Watkins is a bit, bit pacier. Mm. Yeah, I see what you're saying, but I think if England are chasing a goal, they're not going to take Kane off. Kane's going to stay on. And even yeah, even Spurs, fair. you look at Spurs, he plays like every minute of every game, even when they're battering, um, well, they're 4-0 up or something uh, th- this week, and, and he still stayed on the pitch even though he's just come back from an ankle injury. So I think Harry plays every minute of every game. I think the more likely scenario is that England is chasing a goal, and I think Calvin can come on and, and you know cause some chaos in the air. Whereas if Watkins comes on, I think he's going to do more damage within the space in behind. And if England chasing a goal, there isn't going to be any space behind. Whoever they're playing will drop in. So that, that's my theory. It's going to be tight. I, I would like to see Ollie Watkins go instead of Calvert-Lewin, but um, we shall see. So, look, let's move on. So that 
Where does that leave Everton? That leaves Everton in eighth, eighth. position, still above Arsenal, importantly. Um, and Aston Villa are in tenth, potentially could catch them. But Everton do have uh, – they don't quite have a game in hand. They do have some of their peers, but um, I don't think it's going to make a massive difference. They seem to be a bit inconsistent. So let's move on Both to – Both teams on the beach for me. Yeah. Oh, you'd hope Carly can get something out of him. My God. All right, so let's move on to probably what I thought was the most boring game of the weekend. Newcastle nil, Arsenal 2. Barney, you feel very strongly about this one, don't you? Oh, extremely, extremely. No, I thought I, I saw uh, Arsenal in terrible form, Newcastle in great form, uh, Mike Dean refereeing, uh, and I thought we are on for some some sort of controversy here. And I was really, really disappointed that there was only one red card and only two goals. <laughs> it was and and it was an Arsenal win. It just didn't do it for me. Um, no, but it was it was a. Uh, I think Arsenal came out to come off to a good start, um, and I was actually. Glad to see David Louise back in the squad. I think he was um, when you like you're rocking up against Newcastle. You know they're going to sit back and defend, and they're not going to press you too much. So like you're okay to put Louise back in, and he can really open up a team with some long balls over the top. I, I um, just stop you there, Sam. On that first goal, oh, that was so shit. <laughs> what the like, Bamiang air swing? Yeah, no, but like, well, that was, but like, it was a long straight ball from David Louise. Like yeah, there but was it's, nothing... New, it's Newcastle. Just... Yeah, no, but even then I was like, my God, that was poor. Like he just clipped a ball over to Hector Bellerin. Like there was nothing like technical or nice about it. Yeah, it was just, he, not... he, was, he was on halfway untouched for I reckon 15 seconds. Like, <laughs> Do you think Hector Bellerin could have done better on in goal for the El Nani ball? Uh, no, nah, it's a pretty weird – it's a hard one to stop I reckon because of the way it was mm. dropping. Um, okay. I, de- I definitely think everyone else around him could have done better. Um, <laughs> that goes right up the pitch, <laughs> like everyone around him. It was just, I was like, I was watching it in disbelief as to how shit I thought it was. I'm <laughs> um, sorry, but go on. Yeah, so second goal. Um, so I think Avamian gets on the end of one. Quite a nice goal. Yeah, that, that, yeah, was, that was a nice ninja finish, I thought, on that one. Mm. Yeah, that nice. Was- I um, Erdegaard sort of slipped it out wide to um, Martinelli. And so I think um, Martinelli had a pretty good game, actually. And I, actually, I was also impressed with um, Erdegaard as well. I thought um, Aubameyang's finish was just class, though. Like, mm, such a good finish. Like, odd height and sort of position. Like, it's too far out for him to, you know, head it. Mm. Um, but, yeah, nice finish, nice control. Um, and, yeah, hell of a finish. And, and that sort of broke Newcastle's back at, at that point. But, like... I, I'm, I kind of feel a bit different than you guys. I think um, Arsenal were relatively good in, in this game. I thought they caused Newcastle problems. I think they played a better style of football, something that's closer to what you expect from an Arsenal team and a, a Mikel Arteta team. appreciate that it was against Newcastle, but I think, yeah. yeah, this is the type of games that they'd normally drop points in and, you know, people point and look at them and think, oh, that's a typical Arsenal performance, but... Yeah, I think when they keep a clean sheet and beat Newcastle relatively comfortably, mm. I think we should, yeah. Yeah, look, I'm, I'm full of praise for um, Gabriel Martinelli. I think if, if you can get him and Saka on the pitch at the same time for an extended period without all the other crap that goes on at Arsenal, like that's exciting. That's very exciting for Arsenal fans. Did you did you yeah. hear um, what uh, Arteta's justification was for, for um, playing Xhaka at left back? No, it was, it was, it was, um, he said he, he, uh, controls Mart- Martinelli a lot better and keeps him in position much better than Kieran Tierney does. 
when it, when they play together. So that's why he keeps playing yeah. um, Shaka there. And he's like, I don't, he's like, and I think he also mentioned, he said, I love Martinelli more than I love any of you people in this room as well. It was a bit of an odd, an odd press conference, but uh, that's yeah, that was his justification awesome for playing for playing Xhaka. Tierney's been one of the better players this season, but look, all when all said and done, they'll get battered again this week by Emery and Co. Um, in the yeah. Europa League. Oh, I think if you're Tierney, you're thinking, well, why is it my job to babysit Martinelli? Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, exactly. If I'm, yeah, <laughs> as, as you said, job. Yeah, he's he's been in form. He's like, my defending's good. Um, I get forward. I've got a bunch of assists and a couple of goals to contribute. But I don't babysit Martinelli as well. How about he works on his game rather than the other way around? But yeah, anyway. that's true. But that's Arsenal for you. Um, so <laughs> Arsenal, Arsenal up to ninth. Um, Newcastle are going to avoid relegation more than likely. Fulham need to win all their games basically. So the Newcastle boys are on the beach and they are playing like it. So let's move on to the big one: Tottenham four, Oh-hoo. Sheffield United nil. Some world class defending from the bottom place Premier League team, wasn't there, Barney? How about the boys, eh? Bloody <laughs> hell. What a team. What a manager. Just a bit, just the best manager in world football? Oh, well, he's got, a, he's got probably the best win percentage of any Tottenham manager ever. So give him a contract. No, it was, um, it was a, a good win. I mean, an expected win, but a good win still. Um, I like the lineup he went with, a bit more sort of uh, attacking-minded with um, Delhi. And Lacelso next to Hoiberg in the middle in a four-three-three. Um, Bale starting that was good to see, and yeah, obviously rewarded the manager with uh, three goals. And how about some of the finishes on those goals? By the way, like the first one yeah. was like a good, like just outstretched toe, um, you know, good run. And but although no one really pressured Aurier to when he's just he's obviously looking for Gareth Bale to make that run, and everyone just watches him do it. But then. The second goal where he, he obviously has all the time in the world, but he still absolutely punishes it into the top corner. I thought it was very impressive. Yeah, I think Mason, um, he seems to have like, I know there's only a couple of games left, so it's like a free card to play and he can just go forward. But I just it's a little bit unfortunate for Jose that um, he gets to be able to do that. So he's played Son, Bale, Lacelso, Deli Alley, and Harry Kane in, all in the same team. We never ever saw that from Jose. No. Um, you know what I mean? Only two or three of those would have played. Oh, probably even two, to be honest. And the rest just sat on the bench and he had like functional players. But I thought um, Serge Aurier did really well. A couple nice assists for mm. um, Gareth Bale. And I thought defensively he was rather sound as well. Appreciate he didn't have a lot to do. He looks much better going forward. But geez, what do you think about Sonny getting man of the match? If you're Gareth Bale, you're not happy with that, are you? Come on. <laughs> no, I couldn't give up. I was actually so happy with the defending for Sheffield United for Bale's second goal. Um, they win their first corner in the 60th minute. <laughs> I swear <laughs> to God, they pushed all 11 players forward. Like, as soon as the bloke missed, um, I can't think of who it was, missed Sun on halfway. Yeah, two of them missed him. <laughs> they, were completely, they were completely open. But what um, about Bale finishing? Like we spoke about, yeah, um, yeah. spoke about at the top of the show. Bale's finishing was quality, and uh, so was Sonny's for his his goal yeah. too, where he chopped back inside. Not the best defending, but appreciate once he's back inside, that's a hell of a finish. Yeah, I don't know many players who have scored a hat trick and been overlooked for man of the match, but um, what can you do? You know, we're we're uh, we're stuck with the powers that be. So look, let's move on from that. Sheffield United stayed dead last. Couldn't add to their eighteen goals they've scored this season in thirty four games. Tottenham uh, up to fifth, 
five points behind Chelsea. Could they sneak into the top four? I think they can. I honestly think they can. And that's why I said the other week, I think it's too early for Jose to be moved on. I think he would have had a better chance in the cup and I think they can still make the top four. I don't see why not. What do you think, Barn? Nah, I don't don't reckon they're a chance for the top four. I think we'll um, just fight it out for the Europa League spot and then uh, just try and secure that. I just think Chelsea, Leicester, like they're not going to drop enough points for us to leapfrog them. And even with this new manager bounce we'll get, I just can't see us so, getting in the top four. So this is their run-in. Leeds on the bench. Wolves. Oh, sorry, on the beach. <laughs> Wolves on the beach. Villa definitely on the beach. And then a big one against Leicester. So I think they could go into that Leicester game off the back of, you know, four wins in a row. And that, that's a big one. I you think. literally I think look at the table. On. You look at the table and you could not name three clubs who have less to play for. Exactly. 10, 11, no 12. <laughs> yeah. I agree. And, and, we, and we said it in after we reviewed their games that, um, you know, Wolves were, um, we said it last week where Wolves were like, yeah, definitely on the beach. And Aston Villa, could they have any less to play for? You boys Come haven't on. been listening to Dean Smith this week, have you? After uh, their win, <laughs> he said, we've, we've still got a, late, a lot to play for. Um, I don't know what all these people keep saying. We've got nothing to play for. We're still going for Europe. Oh, uh, yeah, no, no, I think you misheard him. I said, I, I think he said he's going to Europe. <laughs> he's like, fuck it, John, take the side for the rest of the season. I'm going to I'm Europe. Going to South of France. Yeah. <laughs> Mykonos. Um, all right. So, look, let's move on. So, Spurs, yeah, as we said, um, sitting pretty in fifth. Could make something of it, but probably won't. So, give me a prediction for tomorrow, boys. West Brom versus Wolves. I know you're excited about this one, Sean. You'll have a big Sam football game. Who do you like? Oh, geez, I can't see either of these teams inspiring me, so I'm going for a nil or draw here. Oh, what do you think, Sam? Yeah, this is a uh, this is a derby, isn't it? A, somewhat of a yeah, derby. Yeah, Midlands derby. Midlands derby, you yeah. You stretch that long bow that people <laughs> yeah. do. Yes, I'll, I'll accept that. Sean has long bow. No, I, I agree. This is going to be boring. <laughs> Very boring. <laughs> uh, I'm going against the grain here. I think we're going to see Adama Troy score for the first time in forever. Yeah. Um, and I think Wolves are going to win this one. Do you want a hot take on this game? Go on. Go. Wolves to win 1-0 Adama Traore. Very late goal. Sam Allardyce resignation the next morning. Oh, that's a good shout. I, I like the Sam Allardyce yeah. Before they can fire him, he'll, he'll resign. <laughs> yeah. There's a bit going you on there. Quit. You know, he's a Premier game. League manager. He is a Premier League manager. He doesn't do that championship. All right, so Burnley versus West Ham, boys. So Burnley, I think, are safe now. West Ham could sneak into the Champions League. A win here would be very important. Who do you like in this one, Sam? Uh, I'm going to go for West Ham. There's one Burnley obviously had a very good win last week, um, but I think West Ham is still the much much better side here. And, yeah, they've got a lot more to play for. I think Burnley are safe. So, yeah, I think we're West Ham now two points off Spurs. Yeah, I think that fifth spot is very much uh, one point, very much up for grabs between like three or four teams there. So, yeah, I think West Ham to win this. What do you think, Sean? Yeah, I'm going the other way. I think West Ham has slipped off in the last two games. They've lost their last two. They're on a bit of a slide. Um, Burnley are in the form of their season at the moment. Coming <laughs> up a huge, huge, yeah, but what a win. <laughs> Bloody hell. Um, and they've never batted anyone like that I've ever seen. So, 
Yeah, I'm, I think I'm going for an upset here. I've got Burnley at Burnley. I think that's a tough place to go. I don't think um, West Ham are full strength. So, yeah, I've got Burnley here. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Hammers. Um, I just think they'll be too good, and I think we'll see. Oh, God, I hope we see Mikel Antonio play. Um, I'll be checking the squads that come out tonight just to make sure. But um, if not, Jalen's good on the score sheet. All right, boys, let's change gears a little bit. If you're not excited about this, you hate football. So Manchester City versus PSG. City lead 2-1 on aggregate. Pep prone to overthinking in these stages. Sean, who do you like? Who's got more money? (laughs) Um, I don't know. I haven't read both financials um, coming into the preview of this pod, so I'm not exactly sure there. Um, I'd probably tip Man City in the money race, um, but PSG close behind them. But um, I want PSG to go through. I, I said this last time, last week, um, where I could have just been nice to see um, someone who didn't join the Super League make it to the final. Um, having said that, I, I've sort of tipped um, Man City all the way through this this tournament um, unless they run into Bayern. So, yeah, I think uh, they take obviously take a 2-1 lead into this fixture. This one is now at home. Um, is it at the Etihad or are they playing it somewhere neutral? Can, can PSG? Uh, pretty travel? sure it's the Etihad. It's at the Etihad, so I think oh, I think Man City will be too good. I mean, they pretty much rotated their whole squad um, for the Premier League fixture. Um, so I think, yeah, they'll be fresh and ready to go. So I've got Man City. I'm going to go 2-1 again here. Barney, what do you reckon? I actually looked up the um, the owners of each club's personal wealth just out, just out of interest, yep. just for mm. personal reasons. Uh PSG owner, I think it's Al Khalifi, uh, $8 billion is oh, his personal wealth. Um, and the Man City owner is $22 billion, I believe. But Jesus. his family wealth is uh, estimated to be around $1 trillion. So he'll be, uh, he'll be on the picket line soon. You know, he'll, be, <laughs> he'll, be, he'll be struggling. Uh, but now I think I really like the story behind this and I really want uh, PSG to win this one. Um, I'd love to see PSG get into the final um, and then it will match up with my other prediction for the other game. So I'll, I'll, I'll leave the, uh, leave the li- listeners wanting more. But, um, yeah, I think PSG might, might, might uh, make a bit of a comeback here, um, agreed that Pep will overthink it massively um, and Pochettino's just got him in his pocket. So, yeah, PSG to go through. So, yeah. yeah. See, I, I don't think they've. I don't think Pep will overthink this one. I think he's sort of. He's already laid out what his team's going to be based on his selection midweek. So I think he's just going to roll into this one um, with the, the similar um, formation and lineup as they they previously did. Job, what, what do you think? Yeah. So look, I'm I'm really torn on this one because I backed PSG to win in the first leg based on the counter attack. Um, obviously, Man City now don't have to counter attack because they're already in the lead. But I don't know if the, the City team's not really set up to not attack in a sense either. So I still feel like PSG are in with a chance. And I I don't know, a, a part of me, everything else aside, just thinks the stage is set for Neymar. Like he's – he's Ronaldo because Ronaldo and Messi are coming to the end of their illustrious careers. We need like one <laughs> footballing superpower to stand up and be the best player. And I feel like he's just – like he's the next best player in world football. Um, it has been for some time. I think I think Neymar's better than Mbappe. Um, I think I just think Neymar's amazing. Um, I just think PSG can get this done, 
and I really Ooh. hope they beat Man City. I would really, really not like it if Man City won the Champions League. Um, so, so I think if you're that- PSG, how do you go about it? Do you, do you sit back and try and absorb some pressure, especially if you're at the Etihad, and then try and hit them on the break and get it done late, or do you do sort of a um, a uh, Liverpool style blitz um, and try and sort of smash them early? Well, what are you thinking? Oh, I think I think you sit back and try and catch them. Yeah. I think you'll try and absorb the pressure. Let them get into some level of comfort because I feel like when City get comfortable, they start like playing higher and higher up the pitch, and that's that's yeah, what we want. that's what you want. Yeah, yeah, you want the gaps at the back. You want the blokes protecting the back four to start thinking they can go on a little bit, and then Mbappe and Neymar like they can hurt them. Um, so I think you got to, You've got to let them come. You've got to be bra- like it's almost the opposite. Like being brave is not actually playing brave football. It's actually sitting back um, and letting them come yeah. on. To um, yeah, so I, th- th- so I, th- I agree. I think you got to frustra- you got to frustrate City into making a mistake, leaving themselves open or something like that. Like if you can get through the first half and they've been into the second half and they have they like you know they're still attacking and they haven't sealed the game yet. I think they're gonna they're gonna start to worry. Yeah, and they're gonna they're gonna open themselves up a bit. Even if they are leading, they're still gonna open themselves up a bit because yeah, like you said, they don't know how to to not attack. Yeah, what a game! Um, I seriously can't wait for this. And how certain is it that Marquinhos will score? <laughs> oh. he, I don't know how he's got such a habit, but it's a good habit to have, isn't it? He just pops up, doesn't he? He'll he score. He'll score he's, yeah. he's not a and big guy. Big either. goals. Yeah. Big goals. Yeah. Oh, fuck. I hope it's a late one. I really hope Pep gets his heart broken. I hope, I hope he overthinks it so much and starts seeing veins coming out of his head too. Um, mm. Right, so give us That's a quick tip, Barney. Words. Who you got? PSG? PSG, yeah. Sean, who you got? Yeah, I think I'm going to stick with City to win this game and go through, obviously, with the 2-1 lead as well. Yep. All right, I'm going to go for the paupers from Paris. All right, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> Next leg, Chelsea, Real Madrid. Who do you like in this one? Sean. Oh, I just I can't tip against Real, I don't think. I just think they've got too many players that have been there, done that on the big stage. You already know what team they're going to play. I don't think Ramos is going to be back and fit in time, so they'll play without him. Varane will be there, though, which will um, help them out. And I think they get it done against Chelsea. Um, And I think in this one, because it's a draw going into this, um, I think Real Madrid sort of take the slight advantage by... Um, being the away teams because I think if it, if it goes on late and there's some drama coming, um, I think it obviously a score draw um, would almost get Real Madrid through, assuming that it's plus one, right? All right, I've got two so, questions for you. Ready? Go. Number one, if Ramos is close enough to fit, do you play him anyway? No, because it's just too big a game to come into. But you're talking about the man who's done weekend. it all. Yeah, he would have had the play on the weekend for me. Mm. All right, so the other question I have is Eden Hazard made his long-awaited return from injury on the weekend. <laughs> no, he, he doesn't You love start. a narrative. You love a narrative. Is he the man to knock Chelsea out? Um, I would love it. I would love it if he <laughs> comes off the <laughs> off the bench um, and gets the one that splits these teams. But I just can't see it. He just doesn't seem lively enough at the moment for me. Um, he won't start. He will come off the bench. I don't think he'll have a big impact on the game. What do you reckon, Barney? Who do you like in this one? I uh, I backing Chelsea for this one. Um, I think if it hadn't started raining so heavily in the game last week, I think Chelsea would have got a few more goals and it would have been a much more convincing win. I think they were looking like the 
like the much better side between the two. And this is where my my storyline comes full circle. It's Ooh. Chelsea go through, and it's the Tommy Tuchel derby in the final. Couldn't the man who got sacked by PSG then win it with another team in the same oh, season? That is that, juicy. That Has that juicy? ever happened before, Sam? I would not think so. I feel like of all the people I know to know that, it would be me who would know that, so I don't know yeah. why I'm asking you boys. Um yeah, I, I think I think I think I, I think Chelsea are going to win this one. I've been so impressed with them under Tuchel. Um, even in the last fixture, I agree with Barney. If it hadn't rained so heavily, they would have done it. I don't trust Varane without Ramos next to him, um, particularly in these bigger games. Um, and I think that between Werner, Mount, Pulisic, they'll have enough. And the other thing that I think is the big variable in this one was just the performance of Ingolo Kante in the last fixture. Just yeah, unbelievable. Huge. It was very. Yeah. And he can Huge. do the work of three men. So I think Chelsea are going to have enough to go through here. They asked him about um, – they asked uh, McAuley about um, how well um, N'Golo Kante plays the McAuley role and McAuley went on to say um, he does it so well, it's not the McAuley role anymore, it's the Kante role. So high praise. High yeah. Praise. That's like that Duncan Ferguson role. Like that is high praise. Um, all right. All right. So, so I've got, I've got uh, City – Madrid final, and it sounds like you guys have a Chelsea PSG. and PSG final. Is that yeah, right? that's correct. Yeah. yeah. Tommy Tuchel derby. Okay. All right, so give yeah. me a quick tip for the Europa League. So I don't want to go too deep into this. We should have covered this last week in detail. We just didn't have time because there were so many goals. Um, so Manchester United leading Roma 6-2. Who's going through in this one, Sam? Go and say uh... it. <laughs> you little slug. <laughs> It's got to be Roma. <laughs> it's got to be. They, they, am I, it's just going to work for my prediction. I said Man United will win by a few goals in the first leg. They've got their two away goals, Roma. They're perfectly set up for an easy 4-0 home win. <laughs> I mean, I don't know I don't know why anyone else would think any, anything different. Yeah, easy. okay. I'm uh, just scrolling back quickly. I just want to say last time Roma scored five goals. Uh, it was quite a while ago. Um, yeah, look, so you're going Roma. What do you reckon, Sean? Manchester United threw in this one? Uh, yeah, they're obviously through. I think United will rotate their team. I think Donny will get some minutes on the pitch. I think that this um, fixture will be a draw and Manchester United to obviously go through from there. Really taking the piss putting Donny out there, aren't they? Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's how you know. They're accusing the rack. <laughs> Seems excessive. Yeah, I got Manchester United too. Fantastic performance last – or fantastic second half performance from Manchester United last week. Um, all right, so the other one's a little bit more on a knife edge. So Arsenal 1, VRL 2. Unai Emery got feet in both camps. Who do you like in this one, Sam? Uh, I think this is – Unai's coming back to finish the job. He's gonna. He's, he's gonna. He's gonna. He's, he's, he's gonna. He's gonna get one nil ahead and then just lock the game down completely. I think. I mean, that last game was absolutely shocking from us. That first <laughs> half. My God, I had. Oh, I wish we go into detail on it. It was just terrible. All right. So, Sam, does uh, in the event like Gerardo Moreno, probably the form player in Spain right now, if he scores, does Emery do the Emmanuel Adebayor celebration? I can only hope so. Up the stairs to give Bronky the big fingers, you reckon? (laughs) Yeah, run from one end of the pitch to the other. Beautiful. Mm. Love it. Who do you like in this one, Sean? Barney, I'm assuming you've got VRL after all that. Yeah. I I think this game's going to be a draw and then uh, VRL to to go through, but I don't think that will dampen Emery's uh, 
mood because obviously this game is at um, high, no, at Arsenal's home ground. I was going to say Highbury, but that's very good, isn't it? Um, old enough to know that they played Highbury. Um, and I think that plays into his hands. I think he'll love knocking them out and that to be um, on Arsenal's home deck. Whereas if it was the other way around and they did it at Villarreal, I don't think that would be a sweet. So oh. there we go, Villarreal to go through against United. In yeah, the you're, you're calling it sweet. I'm calling it bitter. Um, all right, so I've got <laughs> Manchester United and Villarreal to meet in the final two. So that is all. Do we do we have a multi? Yes. Yeah. Sam, you got a multi? Yeah, we actually uh, got an email in this week as well. Um, oh, yeah. Email? Yeah, from uh, one of our employees. So this one's actually from Big Reg in accounting. Yeah, that's a big Reg. Big Reggie. Um, he's actually put a little note at the start here. He's um, oh, just no. said, uh, to whom it may concern, um, <laughs> oh, no. please please stop processing your deep tissue massages as, uh, oh, no. pers- as company expenses. They did not fall under the guidelines of the company card. Um, I think that one might be directed at you, Josh. I sincerely doubt it. I can't go. I can't do a deep tissue massage at my age. It hurts too yeah. much. All right, deep what do you tissue got for or tie doesn't matter. <laughs> what do you um, got for us there? <laughs> uh, so we've got we've got a creative one here from Big Reg. He also loves a storyline, much go like ahead. myself. So he's got Paris Saint Germain to win. Yep. Into Chelsea. To win, yep. And for the Paris game as well, he's got Killian Mbappe as first goal scorer. Ooh, first goal scorer. Mm. bit of flavour, mm. bit of mm. flavour on the tip, mm. huh? So, so down, Sam. How much do I get back? Dollar or ten dory dues? Ten. <laughs> what well, is he pesos? What are we paying? <laughs> what are we paying for t- If you put ten dollar dues down on that one, you will get <laughs> you will get three hundred and eleven dollars back. That's not bad. That's a <laughs> That's a very good return. So, yeah, PSG to win, Chelsea to win, Mbappe, first goal scorer in the PSG game. That's Put everything on big, it. That's big. I like that. Um, I don't, I, yeah, that's a lot of risk going on in there. But, look, um, 320 bucks. can't argue with that. So, look, if you want to get in touch with us, email is footballplayedonpaper at gmail.com. Uh, I actually got an email that I didn't read. Um, <laughs> And then Facebook is Football Played on Paper, uh, Instagram at Football on Paper, and Twitter at Football on Pods. Any more from you, boys? No, that's it. Thanks, mate. All right. Cheers, All be rich.